CPC Formation Commission. I am Supervisor Connie Chang, uh, Chair of this commission. I am really glad to be joined by our Vice Chair, Jackie Fielder, uh, and Commissioner Shanti Singh. Uh, today, uh, we're grateful to have our clerk is Erica Major. Uh, also, I'd like to thank the staff at SFGovTV for broadcasting this meeting. Madam Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. The Local Agency Formation Commission now convenes hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Commission recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. Uh, we are, we've elected to meet uh, in remote, so the way that you can call in is uh, dialing 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, please dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Uh, remember to turn down your television and all listening devices you may be using. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing to the clerk of LAFCO, and that is Elisa Somera, and her email address is A-L-I-S-A period, S-O-M-E-R-A at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall, the address is 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. That concludes my announcements, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, uh, I'd like to give my colleagues a friendly reminder to please put your name in the chat if you would like to speak. The chat serves as the official roster. Please do not raise your hand when you are requesting to speak. Thank you, and thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, please call the roll. On item number one uh, for the call to order and the roll call, uh, Chair Chan. Present. Chan present, Vice Chair Fielder. Present. Fielder present, Commissioner Singh or Singh? Present, it's Singh. <laughs> My apologies. All good. Uh, Singh present. You have a quorum, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Commissioner Marr will not be able to join us today, so I would like to ask for a motion to excuse Commissioner Marr. So moved. Thank you. On the Could I have a second? Second. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the motion is moved by Commissioner Singh and second by Commissioner, uh, sorry, moved by Commissioner uh, Vice Chair Fielder and second by Commissioner Singh. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? On that motion, moved by Commissioner Fielder, seconded by Commissioner Singh, Vice Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Fielder, uh, Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Singh. Uh, aye. Yeah, you have three ayes. Thank you. And Matt, so that motion has passed and that uh, Commissioner Mar is now excused uh, from today's meeting. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call item number two. 
Agenda item number two is a resolution to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this resolution should call the number on the screen. Again, that number is 415-655-0001. And you enter the meeting ID, which is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected to the meeting, you will press star three to enter the speaking line. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand in confirmation. Madam Chair? Thank you, Madam Clerk. Before we make the motion to adopt these findings, can we please open public comments on this item? Thank you, Madam Chair. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should call the number 415-655-0001. And you enter the meeting ID today, which is 2493-633-4311, then press pound and pound again. And it looks like we have one listener, Madam Chair, with zero in the queue. So no public comment? No public comment, Madam Chair. Thank you. So seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Uh, I would like to make the motion to approve these findings. May I have a second? Second. Thank you. So this motion moved by myself uh, and second by Vice Chair Filter. Um, do we need to call a roll for this? We don't, right? We are remote, so it's best we do call roll, Madam Chair. Okay. So, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On that motion, moved by uh, Chair Chan and seconded by Commissioner Fielder. Chair Chan? Uh, uh, aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Fielder? Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner so Singh? Aye. Seeing aye, you have three ayes. Thank you, Madam Clerk. This motion has been uh, approved and we will continue to be uh, teleconference our meetings uh, under the findings. Um, and Madam Clerk, please call item number three. Three is an approval of the last poll minutes from July 15th, 2022 regular meeting. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call the number on the screen. That number is 415-655-0001. Enter the meeting ID today, which is 2493-633-4311, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, and you'll just need to press star three to be added to the speaker queue. Madam Chair? Great. Does any of the, do any commissioners have any changes to the minutes from the July 15, 22 meeting? Seeing no one on the roster and no one make motion to make any changes. I will open this for public comment. And that for today, we'll have, we'll have speakers to have up to three, three minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call number the number 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID 2493-633-4311, then press pound and pound again. And it looks like we have one listener with one in the queue. Jaime, if you can unmute that first caller, please. You can hear me okay? Yes, please proceed. Excellent, David Pilpel, good morning. Um, not a big deal, I think, but on page three, um, on item six and eight, I'm not sure if I spoke in support of the uh, of reports, but I guess that's fine for the minutes. 
doesn't matter that much. I'm uh, a little more concerned about item seven. I think there was a single motion to both extend the deadline uh, to September 9th and continue the item to the call of the chair as is reflected in the first motion. So then I'm wondering if the second motion can just be excised and the action just reported as uh, application deadline extended and matter continued to the call of the chair. But perhaps somebody can just go back and, and check how that actually played out um, and it can be reflected appropriately. Um, it just seemed a little confusing to reflect that as a combined motion in the first instance, um, but then only report the action as the continuance and then um, repeat the second portion of the motion as a separate standalone motion. Again, I don't recall exactly how it played out. Those are my thoughts on item seven on page three. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your comment. Madam Chair, that completes the queue. Thank you. Um, I am happy to, uh, what, what we could do today is we could approve those minutes in the events that I think uh, for Madam Clerk to check on the minutes and uh, to confirm. And if we need to bring this back for revision, we could most definitely do so. Um, so today I will, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. So today I will make the motion to approve today uh, the minutes from July 15th. Uh, with the condition that we will revisit the, the minutes uh, in the events we need to bring it back, we will do so to revise uh, for approval. Uh, and may I have a second, please? Second. Thank you. Um, the motion made by myself and second by Vice Chair Fielder to approve the minutes. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On the motion to approve the minutes, Chair Chan? Aye. Chan Aye, Vice Chair Fielder? Aye. Fielder Aye, Commissioner Singh? Aye. Singh Aye, you have three eyes. Thank you, the motion has been approved. Um, the minutes has been approved. Madam Clerk, can you please call item number four? Agenda item number four is the Community Choice Aggregation Activities Report. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call the number on the screen. Again, that number is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, uh, but you will be on mute listening mode. If you would like to be added to the speaker line, you just need to press star three. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. The Community Choice Aggregation Activities Report has been a routine item on our agenda at LAFCO. And uh, so today, as we do so every month, uh, we will now hear from staff from Clean Power SF, Michael, Director Michael Hines and uh, Cheryl Taylor. Uh, if you could please keep your presentation to 10 minutes, that would be much appreciated. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Chan. Good morning uh, to you and to the commissioners. Um, I do have a slide deck I'm gonna bring up here right now. And while I do that, um, I am hoping uh, through the chair, if we could have a few more minutes than 10, um, we're thinking that this, this could be a little bit less than 15 minutes total, if that's okay with you. Great, because I believe we're also having updates for uh, state legislation. Is it is, it is part of the report. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see, can you see the slides? 
Yes. You get to keep the phone. Or I can. Yes. But you might want to. I'm moving into presentation mode. There we go. Okay, great. So, um, good morning again. Uh, my name is Mike Himes. I am the deputy manager uh, for the SFPUC's Power Enterprise, responsible for the Clean Power SF program. And for our Clean Power SF report today, uh, we are uh, going to cover uh, briefly our uh, enrollment and service statistics. Um, I'm also joined uh, today by Sitlali Sandoval with our regulatory and legislative affairs team uh, who will provide a 2022 legislative update. Um, and Mallory Albright from our Clean Power SF operations team will be presenting on our integrated resource plan work. Clean Power SF continues to successfully uh, serve its customers and enrollment uh, and customer participation in the program remains stable. Since our last report on enrollment statistics in May, enrollment uh, has uh, remained stable with no changes. Uh, similarly, our super green product enrollment remains stable at 2.1% of accounts. Uh, we are preparing outreach in coming weeks to large building owners subject to the city's commercial renewable energy ordinance and have begun conversations with some customers about opting up to super green to meet the city's requirement uh, in the near term that buildings over 250,000 square feet uh, purchase 100% renewable energy starting next year. Uh, so we'll keep you informed on uh, uh, how this progresses in future reports. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Sitlali. Hello everyone, I'm Sitlali Sandoval and I'm on the regulatory and legislative affairs team and I will be giving the legislative update today. Next slide. Okay, so I'm gonna start off with the federal activity. So the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 was signed into law by President Biden exactly one month ago on August 16th. And it's going to result in $369 billion of federal spending, which will be going directly to investment um, to ensure energy security, work on reducing carbon emissions and increase energy innovation and support different environmental justice objectives. And the IRA presents um, a lot of opportunities for Clean Power SF, most notably because it extends the tax incentives for clean energy technologies and expands eligibility um, for certain types of resources, um, including standalone energy storage. And these new tax incentives have been incorporated into Clean Power SF's integrated resource plan, which Mallory is going to be presenting on next. Um, and the law also appropriated $148 billion to 16 federal agencies um, for different kinds of programs, such as programs to improve air quality, uh, to invest in climate smart and resilient infrastructure, um, and uh, programs that advance domestic energy uh, uh, in the U.S. Next slide. Okay, 
So before I get into the state activity, I just wanted to also say that we are continuing to analyze the Inflation Reduction Act, and we're going to be developing a strategy to leverage it uh, to benefit Clean Power SF's ratepayers. So for the state activity, 2022 was an extremely busy session, and there are four key energy-related bills that we want to highlight for you today. The first is AB 1279, also um, called the California Climate Crisis Act. Um, so in California, carbon neutrality by 2045 was set as a goal um, under Governor Brown's executive order B5518, but it was never codified in the statute. So this bill does exactly that. It codifies the carbon neutral goals and um, makes carbon neutrality by 2045 the official policy of the state. SB 1020, um, also called the Clean Energy Jobs and Affordability Act of 2022, uh, establishes incremental energy policy goals on the way to the existing goal um, that 100% of the state's electricity come from clean energy resources by 2045. Um, and this goal was established by SB 100. So um, the interim goals that were adopted by, or that were that are now law, um, won't affect clean power SF's procurement because our supply goals are more aggressive than the states. The bill also um, accelerates the clean energy resource goals for state agencies, um, so that eligible renewable energy resources and zero carbon resources supply 100% of the electricity that's procured to serve all state agencies um, by December 31st, 2035. So that's 10 years before um, everyone else has to comply. And uh, the final thing that I want to highlight is that the bill also has an affordability component to it. So it requires the CPUC to use energy affordability metrics to guide um, the development of different protections, incentives, uh, rates, discounts, and programs to assist residential customers that are facing hardships. And we uh, will monitor the CPUC's implementation of these requirements and um, ensure that Clean Power SF's customers um, can benefit from, from these new measures. Next slide. Okay, so the third bill I will be presenting on is SB 905. And in order for California to reach its net zero emission goals, which we just talked about on the previous slide, the state's gonna need to dramatically cut its greenhouse gas emissions across all sectors. And carbon capture utilization or storage has been identified as a tool which can be used. So SB 905 is um, requiring the California Air Resources Board to establish a program to advance um, carbon capture, removal, utilization, and storage technologies. And the final bill I'm going to discuss is SB 846, which authorized the extension of the Diablo Canyon power plant um, operations up to five additional years. 
um, and it included a $1.4 billion loan from the general fund to the Department of Water Resources for the extension costs. And the impact for Clean Power SF's customers is that they will be responsible for contributing to the operating payments um, PG&E will receive. So the option to extend has now been authorized by the legislature because this bill passed, um, but the next step um, is some regulatory work. Um, by December 31st, 2023, the CPUC has to direct um, the direct um, extension of operations for Diablo Canyon. And by the end of 2023, they, um, they have to issue an order and the order may um, reestablish the current expiration dates, um, which are in 2024 and 2025 as the retirement date, or they can establish earlier retirement dates than the 2029 and 2020 and 2030 um, extension dates that were in SB 846. So we're going to continue to track the implementation of these new laws and keep you abreast of any new developments. Thank you, Salali. Okay, I'm um, moving along here given uh, our time. I'm gonna hand it over now to Mallory. Thanks, Mike. Um, good morning, commissioners. My name is Mallory Albright. I'm a utility specialist on the Clean Power SF operations team. I'm here today to provide an update of staff's progress on the 2022 integrated resource plan and present initial modeling results. If you recall, we were here at your July 15th meeting to brief you on Clean Power SF's integrated resource planning process. As a reminder, an integrated resource plan is an energy planning tool or process used to support achieving policy goals and meeting regulatory requirements. Our planning process is focused on identifying a portfolio of electricity resources to meet our customers' demand at the lowest cost, while also meeting local policy goals and state regulatory requirements. We are required to submit this plan to the California PUC by November 1st. The plan we submit will identify a portfolio of electricity resources to meet our customers' electricity demand through 2035. Next slide, please. Here's a quick refresher on key terms that will shape our plan. A portfolio is the collection of electric generation resources to meet customers' demand. A conforming portfolio is the specific mix of electric generation resources that also meets the California PUC's energy planning requirements. We are required to use CPUC electric load assumptions as our starting point for development of scenarios. And finally, scenarios examine variations of a future state or objective that may influence the resources included in a portfolio. For example, a new regulation or change to code that might impact electricity demand. Scenarios can include multiple policy objectives. Next slide, please. The California Public Utilities Commission allows electricity providers to consider multiple portfolios in their plans. Portfolios fall under two categories, conforming portfolios and alternative portfolios. 
Well, uh, with the conforming portfolios, we are required to use inputs and assumptions provided by the CPUC with a focus on statewide emission reduction goals and targets. For example, the demand forecast cannot be changed to account for local goals and targets. Alternative portfolios provide us the flexibility to use Clean Power SF specific inputs and assumptions. For example, they will include the estimated electricity demand increases resulting from local transportation electrification and building decarbonization goals and targets. We'll return in October to summarize modeling results and to present Clean Power SF's preferred conforming portfolio for submission to the CPUC by November 1st. Next slide, please. Community engagement has been a central part of the 2022 plan development. The team has de designed and is implementing a two-phase community engagement strategy with the goal of increasing community awareness of the planning process and providing opportunities for the public to learn about the plan and offer feedback. In June and July, we implemented phase one of our outreach plan, which included contacting more than 600 community-based organizations, including racial and economic justice groups, climate and environmental organizations, merchants, associations, neighborhood groups, and unions and labor organizations. It also included a launch of a first-time online digital survey where customers and community members could share their ideas, interests, and values related to Clean Power SF's goal of reaching 100% renewable electricity. We also held two virtual community workshops with participation from 15 different community organizations and developed a dedicated web, web page for the plan. We heard a number of common concerns and priorities in phase one. Among them were rates affordability, clean energy accessibility for low-income San Franciscans, priority for achieving 100% renewable electricity by 2025, and more local supply to enhance reliability. Next slide, please. Our phase two focus will be on soliciting community feedback on the modeling results to help inform a staff recommended preferred portfolio. Phase two continues through the month of October and we will seek this feedback through a web-based online comment form with alerts to the public of model updates and two planned virtual community listening sessions with staff on hand to answer any questions or help clarify aspects of the modeling results. Next slide, please. Since our last presentation, we have consolidated and simplified our energy resource portfolios to four scenarios two each that are conforming and alternative. First, our base case, which meets the city's 2025 renewable energy goal. Then our time coincident case that em emphasizes matching renewable energy produced with customer electricity usage in real time by 2030. A mayor's EV and building electrification targets met case that supplies the estimated increase in load through 2040 resulting from San Francisco's emission-free trips and building decarbonization targets. And lastly, a local resource procurement case that supplies 50% of Clean Power SF's load with local resources by 2030. 
Our consultant is working to finalize the results of both conforming portfolios and is in the beginning stages of modeling the alternative portfolios. Just as soon as we have validated portfolio modeling results, we will post them to our plan website, and that includes any additional model refinements. Next slide, please. Thanks. The conforming and alternative portfolios share a baseline group of renewable energy resources totaling over 836 megawatts of capacity. The 836 megawatts of baseline resources includes specific projects that Clean Power SF has under long-term contract and projects that are in various stages of planning and development. Recognizing that local investment is a goal for Clean Power SF, our project team required all the portfolios include over 285 megawatts of local resource capacity, including 50 megawatts of geothermal, 85.6 megawatts of solar, and 150 megawatts of local battery storage. Next slide, please. Here is a preview in the initial modeling results of the base case portfolio. As a disclaimer, the initial modeling results present an illustrative view of the Clean Power SF portfolio based on CPUC inputs and R parameters. We continue to validate input assumptions iteratively with our consultant. On to the results. So the pie chart illustrates the projected energy supply in 2035 for the base case portfolio developed to meet the city's 100% renewable energy and greenhouse gas free target by 2025. The total base case resource portfolio that produces this projected energy supply in 2035 includes nearly 2000 megawatts in total resource capacity and calls for the procurement of 300 megawatts of new solar, 60 megawatts of new geothermal, and 150 megawatts of new standalone energy storage by 2035. This new resource capacity build is illustrated in the appendix slides. We will continue to update Clean Power SF's integrated resource plan website with the modeling results as they are finalized, and we will return to you in October with the balance of modeling results. Next slide, please. This slide shows the initial results of the base case portfolio costs compared to Clean Power SF's 10-year financial plan supply cost estimates from 2023 to 2032. On average, the base case portfolio is 20% higher than what has been estimated in the 10-year financial plan on a dollars per megawatt hour basis. I'd like to stress that these estimates based on model results are not yet final. Next slide, please. Power staff is working with our consultant to perform the portfolio modeling using electric industry standard techniques and software. Staff will evaluate each of the portfolios developed using a set of metrics tied to the program goals adopted by the Commission for Clean Power SF, affordable and reliable service, cleaner electricity alternatives, local investment in renewable energy projects and jobs, and long-term rate and financial stability. Next slide, please. Okay, so what's next? We are currently modeling plan portfolios through September. During September, we will solicit comments from the public on our plan analysis as results become available. 
In October, after we have completed the modeling exercise for all four portfolios, we will present our recommended preferred portfolio and seek commission approval prior to submitting to the California Public Utilities Commission by November 1st. Following commission approval, we will submit the plan with our preferred portfolio again by November 1st. Um, that concludes my presentation and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you, Mallory, and thank you, Sitlali. Um, and that concludes our uh, CCA report. Um, we're happy to take any questions that the commission may have. Thank you. Uh, I, I actually do have uh, some question, and if I could go back to sort of this portfolio modeling results, uh, and just wanna confirm the approval process that uh, you will be coming back to LAFCO in October to uh, inform us the modeling, uh, portfolio modeling results. And then, but what you're doing is though you are seeking specific uh, approval from the SF, the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission before you submit to California Public Utility Commission. Yes, that, that is correct. We'll be um, uh, seeking approval of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission before submitting to the California Public Utilities Commission. I recognize um, that the use of the term commission can get a little confusing there. No, no problem. I just want to uh, clarify. And just wanted to also understand, though, um, when you, uh, the timeline, and if you want to put back the last slide, you, you're welcome to, but uh, just you're coming back to uh, us uh, in October, and then you're going to SFUC uh, for approval in November. Is that correct? No, um, the schedule will be that, uh, I believe the LAFCO commission meeting is uh, the 21st or something around there. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just sort of working off memory, but it would be around the third Friday, Friday. Um, of the month. The uh, San Francisco Public Utilities Commission that we need to bring this to for approval is um, the following Tuesday. Got it, okay. Um, so I think the question that I have though, you know, in the events that uh, LAFCO does have feedback um, for, for your portfolio modeling uh, results, um, I'm not necessarily saying that we absolutely have, but I, in the events that we do have feedback, um, what is the best way to coordinate uh, our, our feedback? You know, uh, I, I'm just trying to be thoughtful and really allowing uh, commissioners on LAFCO have the opportunity to articulate their, their feedback uh, to uh, SFPUC about just our input on your portfolio. Yes, I think the, the best mode for, for feedback would be um, through the engagement process uh, and, and comment process that we're about to kick off. So um, as Mallory indicated, what we're, uh, what we're planning to do is start posting results, uh, modeling results on our website. It'll be available for the, the whole public. Um, some of this is gonna be iterative, but over we're hoping over about a week, we'll have all the results posted um, we'll be opening then a approximately four week sort of comment window uh, where we'll be uh, able to receive input from the public. Um, and then we're also holding listening sessions um, that will be scheduled as well. So all of those are opportunities for members of the public, including 
um, commissioners on LAFCO to provide input to this process. Um, and I, I do just want to acknowledge, I recognize, you know, that this is compressed and, and this is not ideal. You know, we, we would prefer much more time to do this. Um, and this has been a challenge on staff. Um, yeah. and, and I do also want to say, you know, we, we've always taken to heart the input that we've gotten from the commission, from this commission, from members of the public that they'd like more time. And we conveyed that to the California Public Utilities Commission as well, um, several times. Uh, but unfortunately, um, the modeling work requires certain inputs uh, that come from the California PUC, and they were delayed in transmitting that information to us. So our work started later again. So it's just, it's put a lot of stress on us trying to make sure that we're addressing stakeholder interests as well. Understood. So I think uh, uh, as, as the chair of this commission, I would formally like to request that in the, if when the as soon as you have uh, the results uh, published, would love to uh, for you to specifically send the link uh, to our clerk, um, and so that our clerk can actually share with the commission and and as well as our executive officer, um, Pollock, to make sure that um, he could actually review the results and provide some type of written memo to the commissioners and allow us to just be one, you know, alert that the results have come in, and then uh, two, you know, allowing uh, Executive Officer Pollock to be able to have some time to digest and provide some sort of a brief memo to the, to the commissioners um, so that we can be brief on, on the results. I would really appreciate that. Absolutely. We will do that. Thank you. And then um, I do see hands up, um, colleagues, if I could, just for the minutes keeping, if you could put your name into the chat. For, um, for for Madam Clerk to just, I think they they copy and paste for the minutes to make sure that we remain accurate. I would really appreciate that. Um, uh, I, I think I do want to quickly go back to the question that I have for SB 1020, uh, which is specifically for the Diablo like decommission time that has now been extended, uh, and I I want to understand and clearly understand that, um, uh, I want to clearly understand exactly, I think that there's a, a discussion or there's a mention that uh, sometime in 2023 that, or, or before 2023, that we will actually have, or that SFPUC will be informed whether or not that they, they will receive a five-year ex extension or that they will actually close uh, according to the previous deadline. And I do want to say my apologies to our guest, oh, Gabe Goffman, um, that this is not for public comments time, and this is only reserved specifically for commissioners uh, in, in the chat. So please go ahead, um, SFPUC SF team. Um, yes. So. That's right. The CPUC will um, issue an order um, at the end of 2023, and that's when we will know whether or not the power plant will be extended. And so there's a couple of scenarios where they could potentially order that the plant not be extended. Um, that's if they um, determine that enough renewable and zero carbon resources uh, have um, have been constructed and interconnected um, to substitute for Diablo Canyon. 
Um, the other scenario is if the United States Nuclear Regulatory Commission doesn't renew the license. Um, and then the third scenario is if the Independent Safety Committee, um, which will be um, conducting a report, um, causes the CPUC to then determine that the costs of the upgrades that would be needed for safety, for seismic safety, um, and for maintenance are too high. Um, if they're too high to justify um, incurring, then the commission, the California Public Utilities Commission, could uh, could uh, change the the extension date or or rule that uh, the current the previously um, the previous dates would stand, which would be 2024 for Unit One and 2025 for Unit Two. Thank you. Um, I, I wanted to confirm with our um, council that uh, wanted to just have a better understanding of LAFCO's authority uh, or, you know, role that we can play in terms of providing our feedback. Um, is, there, is there a way that the LAFCO can, that actually can insert itself um, in any ways to sort of express our I, I obviously I am alone uh, in terms. I'm saying this as for me, not on behalf of the commission, but just wanted to understand just what the role, uh, what is LAFCO's role in in terms of um, for the states to make this decision. Um, yes. So uh, it would the the so, final decision would be. Oh, sorry, Mike. I was just going to say. Sorry, so Molly. I, I think that question may have been directed to the LAFCO Council. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's right. Oh, apologies. Do we have Andrews on the line? Yes, good morning, Chair, members of the Commission. Um, LAFCO's role is really in an oversight capacity sort of within the city of San Francisco over the um, Clean Power SF. I don't see any reason that we couldn't submit uh, comments or feedback directly to the state as well. Um, I don't know what weight the state would give those comments, um, given that our, our situation here in San Francisco is a bit unusual relative to other CCA programs in the state, but uh, there's no harm in providing that feedback. Great, thank you. And I, I think that we will probably, not as of today, but, but we will uh, perhaps have a deeper conversation around sort of the continuation of Diablo, like what, what does that really mean for San Francisco and Clean Power SF customers and, and how that's actually, if this were to be extended, how that actually impact us, especially our mission, like our goals to have, you know, 100% renewable energy source. I see that um, if Vice Chair Fielder, if you don't mind to put your name into the chat, um, I'm gonna call on Commissioner Singh right now first. Commissioner Singh. Yeah, um, thank you for this presentation. Um, can't, I'm still sort of processing and digging into it, but one of my questions, uh, my, my main question concerned, uh, I wanted if you have more detail about sort of the, like the, the, the sort of transit and electric like EV side of um, our emissions targets. Cause I saw that there was, you know, that the mayor's office had been talking about like, you know, Increasing electric vehicle usage for um, for this uh, to to get to our targets, but 
I wasn't sure if that meant like private electric vehicles or if we mean the electrification of say the muni fleet or um and the second piece of that is i don't know if you if if mta or you've talked to sfmta about you know how much uh transit investment and and replacement of of private car usage even electric vehicle usage by by robust public transit is like factoring into into our goals or in, into our resource plan Sorry, no, yeah, that's an unwieldy question. No, actually, no, the question's great, and, and I'm happy to address that for our team here, uh, Commissioner Singh. So um, one thing to keep in mind is that, just first of all, is that Clean Power SF um, uh, provides electric service to uh, retail distribution customers of Pacific Gas and Electric under the Community Choice Aggregation Statute. That's sort of the framework. And um, uh, local government, municipal transit authority agency, um, the electric loads associated with, with city government, city services, those are um, served by Hetch Hetchy Power, our public power utility. So a different program of the Public uh, Utilities Commission uh, with a separate planning process. Um, so our integrated resource plan is focused on um, all of the other customers in the city. So um, the, the mayor has set forth goals for the whole city's electrification of transportation um, uh, and building decarbonization. And what uh, the alternative portfolios that we're analyzing in this integrated resource plan are doing is making a projection of what the electric demand would be um, over the, the planning horizon that we have out to like 2035 associated with achieving those goals. So we'd see a lot of you know, gasoline usage convert to electric demand. Uh, similarly, natural gas usage convert to electric demand. So we made projections um, of what um, the impact to electric demand and our resulting need to procure for that to serve that, that demand would be. Is that helpful? Yes, it is. Thanks. I don't know if Mallory has anything else to add to that. I, I think well said. Um, I think the the mayor's goals case is going to be really fascinating. So we're really excited to present the results to you in October. Well, I'm excited to see them. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Singh. Uh, I know that Vice Chair Fielder has some technical uh, difficulties with putting the uh, name in the chat, um, but Vice Chair Fielder, please go ahead. Thank you, Chair Chan. Um, thank you so much, folks, for presenting the preliminary results of the RP, um, or at least the considerations. Um, I'm really pleased to see the different cases, the scenarios. Um, my main question was about the IRA and the funds for that. And my question is, are those funds being sent to states for them to distribute? Um, how, would a, how would Clean Power SF be able to seek those funds? So the, the, the funds were actually appropriated for federal agencies and we don't know at this moment how those programs um, are going to work because the, the law was just passed um, 
but we'll be engaged um, and uh, tracking. So, so in other words, there'll likely be an administrative process um, uh, within those agencies uh, for developing sort of a programmatic approach to, to, to spending those funds. Um, I did want to add one other thing, which is that, you know, there, there's another portion um, of the bill that provides tax credits, tax incentives, and um, it's that aspect of um, the Inflation Reduction Act that we have built into our integrated resource plan analysis uh, because it should translate into a lower capital costs and then lower energy costs for our ratepayers. Uh, so we've accounted for, um, you know, using the best information we had at the time, which was just right after the bill was adopted, we had to sort of set all of this stuff uh, within our planning process uh, to freeze it. Um, but we accounted for our anticipated reduction in those costs. Um, so that'll be reflected in the results that we share. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, I'm particularly excited too about the IRAs um, uh, extra tax incentives for projects in, in uh, communities where fossil fuel production and transportation and refining has all happened. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vice Chair Fielder. Um, I don't see anyone else. Uh, we, it looks like we're we're good on our questioning for today. Thank you so much for the SFPUC team for coming and joining us today for um, your presentation. We look forward to hearing more um, next month. And um, if there's no more uh, comments, uh, Madam Clerk, should we uh, open this for public comments? Yes, Madam Chair. Uh, thank you. Uh, members of the public who would like to speak on this item should call the number on the screen. That, uh, that number is 415-655-0001. And then you enter the meeting ID, which is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, and you'll just need to press star three to be added to the speaker line. It looks like we have two listeners today with two uh, people in queue. Jaime, if you can unmute the first caller, please. Great. <clears throat> Sorry, David Pilpel again. So on this item, thank you for the enrollment and legislative updates. Uh, good PUC staff work as usual. On the integrated resource uh, plan, as I said on Tuesday at the PUC commission meeting, I feel that my input has been heard and I say thank you for that. I think this has been and continues to be a good public process uh, on uh, developing the IRP uh, submission. Um, and finally, I agree with Chair Chan's uh, proposal for uh, ways to provide um, input um, and review from LAFCO by way of a, a memo from the, the EO to uh, members of, of LAFCO and some opportunity for uh, LAFCO input either um, at your next meeting prior to the PUC commission approval or separately to the state PUC. But either way, I think it's good that uh, LAFCO is particularly engaged on um, the IRP and its contents and color and flavor, all of that. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Let's take the next caller, please. 
Hi, this is Gabe Goffman. Um, yeah, Jackie pretty much raised a lot of my questions or comments. Uh, I just know the IRA has changed a lot of those tax incentives, and I think you're generally right that it will reduce costs, but I'm, there are a lot of incentives or requirements to get those tax incentives for domestic content, uh, which actually may, on one hand, may raise the capital costs of these projects. And then the other thing is uh, with local or regional power, as also Jackie mentioned, with either energy communities or uh, smaller projects in, um, you know, low-income communities, there's added incentives to build those projects, which may, you know, I don't know if you've had time to, like, include hypothetically including those in those scenarios, but that would, you know, greatly increase the tax credit. Um, and then the, the other big thing is now those tax credits are directly refundable for, I believe, for the Clean Power SF uh, or SFPUC. So I don't know if that's changed any of the modeling because, you know, you don't have to sign a contract. You could just, you know, spend, spend the capital cost and then get uh, almost, you know, at, at times maybe 50 percent of the cost back from the IRS. So, and, yeah, in general, those are sort of big topics in IRA. I don't know if that you had a chance to incorporate them in the modeling. Thanks. Thank you, Madam Chair, and that completes the queue. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. Um, Madam Clerk, could you please call item number five? Oh, and there's no action to take on this matter. And there's please go ahead and call possible. item number five. Thank you, Madam Chair. Item, agenda item number five is the appointment of one public member, term ending July 14th, 2026. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on item number five should call the number streaming on the screen today. That is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you'll hear the meeting's discussions. And if you would like to speak, you just need to press star three. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I am excited that we um, originally we, we have uh, to date that we had uh, three well-qualified applicants for the seat, uh, including former supervisor John Avalos, who uh, then withdrew his application um, in consideration of just uh, looking forward to seeing more uh, new leadership uh, on NAFCO, but really getting involved in city government. Um, and now we have two well-qualified applicants uh, for the seat. Uh, Gabriel Goffman and Hope Williams. And we will first hear from Mr. Goffman. And, um, and for both candidates, please keep your uh, presentation to five minutes. And you may want to make. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Uh, oh, great. Okay. Hi. Yes, I'm Gabe Goffman. For the, those of you who do not know me, um, yeah, I'm excited to apply for this position. Um, and yeah, my background, I've been working uh, for almost a decade now in, in the renewable energy space. Uh, professionally, um, you know, I, I currently work for a, a consulting company that focuses on these tax credits. And so I've been very uh, in-depth studying the IRA and, and the benefits. Um, and, you know, I have a master's degree in environmental management with a focus on energy uh, and financing from Duke. Um, so I do have I think I have a broad base of knowledge and experience working with renewable energy, and I want to 
bring that experience and that knowledge to support uh, LAPCO with SFPUC and Clean Power SF. Because um, I think there's a lot of, you know, exciting opportunities that they can take advantage of beyond just, you know, procuring more renewable energy, also looking at how, you know, how we procure renewable energy and how um, also we work with the city uh, to do, you know, building decarbonization um, and, you know, electrification that was sort of touched on. But um, the city does have a cap, but I think there's a lot more that's sort of the combined forces of, you know, the LAFCO, SFPUC, and, um, you know, the city government can do to really uh, reach our, our goals. Um, in my in my free time, I'm very engaged in, you know, city politics and city government. I'm part of uh, the SF Transit Riders Union, and I've been, you know, a strong advocate for more public transit, um, you know, and bringing back routes that, you know, now are slowly, slowly being get, bring back. Uh, and I'm also working on uh, the campaign for, you know, free transit or at least, um, you know, making sure there are no uh, increases to the cost to, you know, to ride public transit in San Francisco. Um, I don't know how directly LAFCO can touch on that, but I do think it's an important uh, part of both our city government and, um, you know, public service, but it's also part important part of decarbonization. Um, and I think sometimes the state focuses on electric vehicles and, you know, quote-unquote electrification, but in, you know, a small city with, it's very dense like San Francisco, we can't just, uh, we have a lot of issues with transportation because of how many people, you know, ride cars, and if we could switch uh, to much more uh, cleaner and, you know, greener uh, public transportation, that would be better. Electric vehicles still, uh, they don't, you know, they don't admit uh, if they're charged with solar, then they're not emitting carbon dioxide or greenhouse gases, but they're still causing pollution uh, just from driving. And, um, you know, and pollution is very tied to carcinogens. Um, yeah, and then the other, I guess another big issue um, I think the LAFCO and SFPUC can work on is uh, focusing on um, low-income communities in terms of there's a lot of, as Jackie mentioned, there's a lot of opportunities in the IRA to get, um, you know, funding for either renewable energy projects or environmental remediation um, in areas like the Bayview and Hunters Point um, and Angel Island that have long-term history of, uh, you know, environmental uh, pollution and contamination. Um, and at the same time, uh, a lot of San Francisco residents, either on pg e tariff or on Clean Power SF, do have utility debt in the state, and Clean Power SF are working on that. But I think that's a, a long-term thing. And, um, you know, that presentation briefly showed, like, the cost of electricity is going up. Um, it's going up more. Like, the more we, elect, uh, you know, get renewable energy, the less uh, it goes up generally. But um, that's a big burden on, you know, the most vulnerable residents in our in our city, uh, and you know, for some of us, a small utility bill or, you know, is relative. You know, fifty dollars for one person is nothing, but fifty dollars is like a huge deal for a lot of residents in San Francisco. And I think Clean Power SF and the LAFCO um, can, you know, can do that. Um, you know, can really make a difference and work uh, with all the incentives that are coming down the line to really uh, help. And uh, you know, and a lot of things are. Um, you know, also tied to demand reduction, like efficiency upgrades and things we could explore. I know other um, CCAs have looked at different things, whether it's looking at storage projects or looking at incentives for, um, you know, just like insulation and things like that, that really can make a difference for low-income people. Um, but anyway, I'm open to answer any questions. And 
uh, yeah, I'm very uh, excited for this opportunity, and I just want to thank everyone on LAPCO who I've spoken with uh, for being uh, very engaging, and uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman, and uh, we have the next candidate uh, is uh, Hope Williams, and please also be mindful and keep your presentation to five minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much, commissioners, and also thank you, uh, Supervisor Chan, for um, talking about John Avalos. He did a lot of work for LAFCO in the previous years, and he laid a lot of this groundwork, including Clean Power SF. So I appreciate that. Um, so my lens as a Black queer woman has really helped to shape my worldview, and it continues to spur my passion to fight alongside the communities in San Francisco that look like me. And the work that I've committed myself to and who I am as a person is really a reflection of my ideologies and values and is what has informed my decision to apply for this position. Um, I am incredibly privileged to have had and continue to have the opportunities to have done the work that I do. Uh, my background is in organizing. I worked for Unite Here Local 2 in San Francisco for two years. Um, I continue to turn out on those picket lines. Um, I had the opportunity to intern for Supervisor Mandelman. Afterwards, I was full-time staff campaign organizer for Dean Preston's 2019 supervisor uh, campaign. Um, afterwards, I managed two campaigns at once, one citywide for Superior Court Judge and another for the uh, 8017 Democratic County Central Committee. Um, none of those campaigns would have been successful if it wasn't for the collective effort of so many people. Um, I had served as board, uh, board member for the Harvey Milk Democratic Club. I, hi Gabe, was also the electoral co-chair uh, for, uh, for the San Francisco uh, Democratic Socialists of America. Um, more recently, I've started to work a lot in policy, um, mostly in housing. I was the outreach coordinator in Berkeley for one of the policy efforts called the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act, which gives tenants the first right of refusal. I also have led workshops in the implementation of the SB 1079 uh, state law, which prevents banks from bundling foreclosed properties and gives tenants the first right of refusal as well. Um, I currently serve as the co-director for the Radical Real Estate Law School through the Sustainable Economies Law Center and now am the interim state policy director. Um, I, I'm the board president for the San Francisco Community Land Trust. I'm the board president for the East Bay Permanent Real Estate Cooperative, which created a new housing model that actually achieves real collective neighborhood ownership. Um, I also serve as a board member for the statewide organization of the California Community Land Trust Network. They are a leading voice um, in, uh, like, providing a narrative to HCD's rollout and distribution of the $500 million that was won by the collective efforts of the statewide coalition. Uh, I am incredibly excited about LAFCO. I mean, LAFCO make, in making recommendations to coordinate the management of citywide growth and development, the possibilities are endless. And in looking at past and current feasibility reports commissioned by LAFCO, y'all have covered everything from city voting systems and processes, 
how to increase voter participation and expansion of the fiber network and how to address vacancies in election offices. And currently your focus on utility debt relief, analyzing the gig economy through a lens for worker cooperatives and public bank, uh, which is the foundation that would give us powerful tools in working towards economic and affordable housing and a city-owned power grid with Clean Power SF. We are one of the 24 cities to be a part of the Community Choice Aggregation Program. And it is a real local, I don't think I have to tell anyone this, but it is a real local solution to the climate crisis that offers renewable, affordable, and accessible energy to our city. Um, my vision, my what I would like to see um, is I would love to see municipal housing become a part of the conversation. Um, where we can really work towards accommodating citywide housing need, uh, promoting diverse housing supply, supporting encouraging affordable housing citywide, um, supporting aging in place and special needs housing, and then identifying those challenges and tackling them, whether it be parking requirements or loss of other governmental sources for housing, development and impact fees, land and construction costs. Uh, it's a big topic to tackle. Um, and I know that we all see the root of the systemic problem differently, climate change, healthcare, education, workers' rights and housing. Certainly I veer towards housing, but I approach it holistically um, because if we're not to be too illustrative, but if we're not pulling on all of the threads of the knot at once, then we'll never untangle it. So um, I'll stop there, but thank you so much for having me and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, uh, both, uh, to be here with us today. Uh, commissioners, uh, do you have any questions for our candidates or any remarks and comments that you would like to make? Uh, Vice Chair Fielder. Sorry, Chair, I'm still uh, not being able to see my chat, but um, I have the honor of knowing both of these strong candidates um, outside of this commission. And I'm just so, wanna comment how lucky we are at LAFCO, a body that I think a lot of folks in the city overlook as a potential place for transformative uh, change, especially you know, primarily as it relates to renewable energy and our city's commitment to delivering on our climate goals and um, as Hope mentioned, there's been so many various studies that have come through this commission. Um, Public Bank, which has been my passion for at least the past five years, has been able to get its legs from this commission. And um, there is, it's a really uh, blessed issue to have where we have two amazing candidates who are qualified in very different ways, but um, uh, definitely a, a hard decision to make. And I know that um, no matter who ends up on the commission, the, the nature of our work is to invite everyone to the table and deeply engage with anyone who really cares about the goals of, of LAFCO and making sure that everyone in San Francisco has clean, affordable, reliable, safe electricity that is ideally fossil fuel free. Um, 
So yeah, I, I really appreciate both of your ability and commitment to even apply for this uh, commission. It, it takes a lot even <laughs> to just apply, um, having to go through all the paperwork. Um, so um, up until this point, it's, it's been clear that you both are extremely dedicated to San Francisco as a whole and whether it's workers' rights or free public transportation, all of it is necessary to actualize the world that we want. And I really appreciate and will continue to work with both of you after this meeting. Um, so I really thank you both for applying and um, looking forward to working together. Thank you, Vice Chair uh, Filter and uh, Commissioner Singh. Sorry, I'm having I've been having camera difficulties today. Um, I just I, I think I think uh, Vice Chair Fielder already said most of what I wanted to say, but I am also uniquely blessed to know and have worked extensively with both of the candidates, and this is going to be the hardest decision I've ever made on this body so far after uh, five years of being on it. Um, but I just want to thank um, I want to thank both of them and really like hope to continue working with with both of you in the future and, and know that we will. Um, but yeah, we are, we are really, really lucky to have in this case, uh, well, three now two um, incredible, incredible applicants. Thank you, Commissioner Singh. It sounds like we have a tough choice uh, and tough decision uh, to, to make in front of us. Uh, with that said, though, is there any inclination uh, or is there a motion to nominate one of the two candidates on the floor at this moment? Vice Chair Fielder? Um, I'd like to move to uh, nominate Hope Williams to the vacant seat. Thank you. And uh, is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Commissioner Singh. Um, thank you, colleagues. I do agree with you that having um, really had the chance to actually, uh, I, I talked to both candidates. Uh, in, in fact, uh, with Ms. Williams, I, I, I we had a chance to talk about um, really more of, about her work uh, uh, on land trust, community land trust. And I, I really do appreciate both. And in fact, I want to uh, mention the dedication that uh, Mr. Goffman actually had like I he was on vacation uh, when when we arranged a time to to discuss he was in fact in a beautiful area like Greece and yet he still hop on the call and took the time to have a really in-depth conversation. I am so grateful to both uh, for their dedication, not just about getting on the seats and LAFCO because I could totally tell from both like conversation with both. And, and I, I hope that for the public to actually hear their testimony today, uh, they're knowledgeable about the subject matter. They are passionate about the subject matter. I have no doubt that they both will continue on uh, in different roles uh, and serving the city. And, and we're very fortunate to have their dedication serving as uh, serving our city uh, in whatever roles that they also have during their day job. And uh, at this moment though, it looks like there is a nomination on the floor for uh, appointing uh, Hope Williams to the uh, public seats as a member of the LAFCO Commission uh, or 
as as our local agency formation commission and and motion was made by vice chair filder and second by commissioner singh and madam clerk may we call the roll please thank you madam chair would you like to take public comment before we take the motion absolutely my apologies thank you so much madam clerk for reminders and uh, yes may let's go to public comment Thank you, Madam Chair. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should call the number streaming on the screen. That's 415-655-0001. Enter media D2493-633-4311, then press pound and pound again. And it looks like we have one person in the queue. Hi, Mike, go ahead and unmute that caller, please. Great. David Philpel again. Um, as you said, it seems like both are good or great applicants. I don't know either one uh, personally. I don't see this as an easy choice. Um, I think it's fine to uh, appoint applicant uh, uh, Williams or applicant uh, Goffman. I hope that both uh, stay involved. There's certainly uh, other opportunities with uh, various advisory bodies, decision-making bodies in the city. Certainly the city needs uh, more uh, uh, new leaders and this is a, a Great choice, so I hope nobody uh, uh, goes away from this unhappy. Um, and I look forward to um, whoever serving for the next uh, four years, assuming they uh, complete the term. So uh, great, and I, I really uh, appreciate that the time period uh, was extended. I think having another uh, applicant was uh, great. I appreciate that uh, former supervisor um, Avalos um, did apply and then withdrew this is all going well you've heard enough from me thanks very much thank you for your comments and that completes the queue madam chair thank you madam clerk uh seeing no more public comments public comment uh is closed uh let's call the roll on the motion uh moved by vice chair fielder seconded by member singh to appoint hope williams to seat six on lafco Chair Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Fielder? Aye. Fielder, aye. Member Singh? Aye. Singh, aye. You have three ayes. Thank you. The motion passes. Congratulations, Ms. Williams. Uh, the clerk and executive officer, Paula, will follow up with you on the paperwork to formalize your appointment and to swear you in. I look forward to having you joining us next month, uh, which is the, the month of October, and to Mr. Goffman. Thank you so much for your interest, and I encourage you to continue to stay involved with LAFCO. Your professional experience in renewable energy would be a great asset, and I appreciate hearing your input on the future of Clean Power SF and other climate topics. Uh, Madam Clerk, could you please call item number six? Yes, item number six is the executive officer's report, including an update on the proposed LAFCO SFPUC Memorandum of Understanding, reinvestment working group updates, and the forward calendar. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call the number streaming on the, street, on the screen today. That number is 415. 655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected to the meeting, you will press star three to enter the speaking line. And also to know, uh, Commissioner Fielder, if you can't see the chat box, um, it's one of the, those things that you have to like leave Teams and come back for it to reset. Um, there's nothing really I can do on my end to help um, that appear, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, 
it's always good to have our executive officer, uh, Paul Jeremy Pollock here, and the floor is yours. Thank you so much. All right, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, Jeremy Pollock, executive officer for San Francisco LAFCO. And I'm gonna have a brief slide deck to go over the, the update on the proposed uh, MOU with the uh, San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Um, so uh, in the past, uh, LAFCO and the SFPUC maintained an MOU um, that was initiated back in 2009 and extended several times before it expired uh, last year. Um, and Chair Chan sent a, a formal letter to PUC General Manager Herrera asking that we establish a new MOU um, for reimbursing LAFCO for our efforts on supporting PUC's uh, renewable energy work around Clean Power SF and other climate goals. Um, and uh, yeah, I've had several productive meetings with PUC staff on it, and uh, the executive officer's report includes a memo that goes into a little more detail on, on the status of it. Um, and so this is an information item only where there's uh, no action to take. But uh, I do have several questions I'm looking for for input from the commission and from members of the public on as uh, as we shape the the, the future MOU with the, with the PUC and uh, develop a, a work plan for it. Um, and so briefly, I'll go into a little more detail on these is looking for input on what topics uh, LAFCO should study related to, to Clean Power SF and PUC work, um, how long the MOU should be, how much funding it should be, uh, what should the, the scope of, a, of the focus of the MOU be, and uh, what sort of resources should we should we use the MOU to, to fund on, on this work. And so uh, in the discussions I've had with the, the PUC staff, we've um, talked about creating a work plan that would be a, a series of, of discrete studies on, on specific uh, topics related to renewable energy. And um, the idea was looking at, at things that impact uh, Clean Power SF and PUC's renewable energy work, but that, that maybe go outside the scope of, of the PUC's day-to-day uh, -day work and things that uh, looking at you know, issues across a planning code, building code, fire code, um, state and federal agencies, uh, financing and, and the like, and um, sort of deep dives on, on specific topics to, uh, to sort of advance the city's uh, climate goals. And so um, I'm not gonna read off this list. Here's just a few of the, the topics that, that we've considered that have been suggested either by PUC staff or commissioners or myself or just sort of past discussions at, the, at LAFCO. And basically it's a, a mix of, of sort of nitty gritty things like uh, how do we increase uh, battery storage uh, uh, for solar power and other power in the city and what you know what are all the the inter, interacting codes that need to be uh, tweaked to to improve that uh, with a mix of things that are more sort of aspirational and emerging technologies like uh, do we want to look at offshore wind uh, green hydrogen feasibility tidal power uh, and the like uh, so um, yeah very much looking for thoughts on on topics that that you all are interested in us studying in the in the next few years and then uh, another area of difference. Uh, between the LAFCO and the PUC is on the, the, the terms of the, of the MOU. Uh, Chair Chan's original proposal was for five years and $3 million. The PUC has proposed three years and $600,000. So um, quite a different scale of, of, of a program that um, well, looking for input on of, um, 
And uh, I want to acknowledge we've had some you know, productive discussions with the PUC about this um, and, you know, talking about what's a realistic budget and program for, for this work um, and sort of acknowledging that uh, there'll be a bit of ramp up time if, if we're going to be doing work that's going to involve outside consultants. Um, there's going to be you know, the, the procurement work that goes into, into that and leading up to before we're expending any of these funds. So um, the sort of anticipated spending plan is probably a little backloaded and um, uh, potentially there's room for, for modification to an initial MOU if um, depending on the, the scope of work that, that it's agreed to. Uh, and then one other area of discussion is about um, the scope of, of the what subjects this to study. Historically, LAFCO has focused on Clean Power SF uh, exclusively, and uh, one consideration is should we look at Hetch Hetchy Power as well as um, the full uh, power enterprise at the Public Utilities Commission. And I think LAFCO's thoughts on that is that now that Clean Power SF is up and running, uh, when when LAFCO first started, uh, Clean Power SF was just an idea, and it was a multi-year effort to get it up and running. Now that it's up and running, it's more um, a little more similar to Power Enterprise, and and we think it makes sense to look at at the two of them holistically as part of as the whole package of the city's uh, energy work. Um, and uh, the PUC's preference is that we continue to focus only on Clean Power SF. Um, some thoughts they've had on that is the idea that. Um, the two, uh, Clean Power SF and Hetch Hetchy Power, serve different customer bases, uh, as opposed to you know Clean Power SF mostly being residential, Hetchy Power being mostly larger energy users. Uh, and they've also just cautioned that it's a it's a whole other layer of complexity to to take on in our oversight role. Um, and so, interested in any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of middle ground in this of of looking at um, continuing our focus on Clean Power SF, but maybe there are specific study areas that might be applicable to Hetchy Power customers as well. And maybe there's a way to, to capture that um, either in the MOU or in sort of the subsequent uh, work plan documents as, as we get into the, the details of the work. Uh, and then lastly, um, well, our, two, um, our uh, two agencies have exchanged different ideas on, on what resources we would use to, uh, we would fund with uh, the resources from the funding from the MOU. Uh, and a lot of this ties into, of course, that overall dollar amount and what sort of um, what uh, what sort of scale of program we're imagining for LAFCO's work on this. Um, and so the next steps are uh, to solicit impact input on this uh, and finalize the terms of the MOU and a work plan, and then uh, we would bring that to the various commissions and possibly the board of supervisors for approval to uh, memorialize the MOU. Uh, and then we've talked about conducting a request for qualifications for renewable energy consultants that could support some of this work uh, and using the, the responses we get to that based to understand where we have you know, really qualified consultants to take on projects, what those costs are, uh, what our overall budget is and work that into developing a work plan for, for studies for LAFCO to do um, and sort of imagining a mix of, um, you know, is it, is, are there studies that would just be LAFCO staff that would undertake, or where, where would we want to bring consultants in, uh, and what sort of scale of studies we would want to do to, to develop a work plan uh, for, for the work? And I believe that is, uh, concludes my presentation. So um, maybe I'll pause there to see if there are any comments from the, the commission. Thank you, Vice Chair Filder. So sorry, I'm still having issues with my chat. Um, thank you so much. Um, Officer Pollock for this presentation. I am really excited about 
the potential for studies to come out of an MOU. And I, I support LAFCO's initial proposal of five years and $3 million. Um, potential study topics, I just want to make some comments. Um, I, I like what I see as far as the potential study topics. I'm not super stoked about title power, just because I, I think it's, um, if I remember correctly, just from my layman's research, it's quite expensive. And then um, wanted to add a couple other considerations for potential studies. I know that in the past, there's been a study, maybe not in LAFCO, but maybe in the Department of the Environment around building solar, community solar on city-owned land. And I think that was from 2015. And so I would like to see uh, potentially being able to, to deliver that, especially given IRA incentives. Um, would also especially like to hear about building decarbonization, which is something that has been making the rounds in the zeitgeist. And I know Supervisor Marr has, um, has been working on that a little bit too. Um, and as far as um, building decarbonization, of course, we have the problem of lack of incentives for landlords and wondering how we might be able to um, uh, empower tenants to also uh, potentially try to uh, bridge that barrier between landlords and tenants and their different incentives for uh, renewable energy, especially considering that renters are often the ones to pay their utility bills. Um, from the public banking side, there might be a synergy between um, Clean Power SF and public banking and perhaps a potential area of study is to see how a, even if it's not a public bank, a revolving loan fund, um, a municipal finance corporation, MFC, might be able to catalyze green investments in low-income communities. Um, this is also from, I guess, considered quite radical in the utility world, but um, exploring progressive rate structure for our Clean Power SF, because as actually I think um, Gabriel Goffman commented, uh, you know, $50 utility bill is not the same for especially extremely low-income, low-income folks in San Francisco as it is for those on the higher end of the wealth spectrum. Uh, again, it's largely considered, I think, quite radical, but makes a ton of sense, especially if we're to invest in our, our green future. And then I guess coloring all of these different <coughs> proposals is just to how to make the most of the IRA. I'm not sure if that's a separate study, but um, very excited about the IRA funds. I, as far as the question about Hetch Hetchy, I am still, I'm not on the fence about whether to include that in our jurisdiction. Um, I, I believe it was considered in the IRP. So I guess there could be a case made for that, but um, would love to talk to some folks in the community about their thoughts on that too. Thank you. Thank you, great feedback. Um, I, I think that we should continue this conversation uh, for sure with the MOU with uh, SFPUC. Um, I, I do have some suggestions that I, I also would like the input of our um, council, uh, specifically sort of just um, 
you know, for for more of a tentative uh, agreement, which then we could, because I, I can understand, you know, the the scale back of the of the work, the scope of of work, um, with the dollar amount um, to proposed, um, but at the same time, I I like to have a better understanding, um, what, and and I I like to you know because we have not, I, I think since 2013. Uh, of MOU between LAFCO and SFPUC that we have not updated since then. So I, I can see that it's a new relationship or, or just kind of like we're building onto what we already have done together, but we, we're turning a new page in our, our partnership and our relationship. We'd love to see um, perhaps on a temporary basis how that works out and that to leave room for more conversation and follow-up. Um, that would be my direction um, to our to Officer Pollock and to our council to really consider if there are clauses in the MOU that we could consider and propose uh, to SFPUC um, so that we can actually revisit the terms and conditions of the MOU, uh, perhaps either of uh, one fiscal years from now or, or two fiscal years from now, uh, both with the dollar amount and the scope of work. So that, that will be my feedback um, at this time. And uh, we, if there's seen no other uh, names on the roster and no other questions and comments at this moment, and perhaps Officer Pollock, you could continue with your um, presentation or update. Uh, great. Yeah, at this point, I'd like to turn it over to our policy analyst, Khaled Samurai, to give you an update on the reinvestment working group's efforts. Hello, commissioners. Um, public banking world, what's been going on? So uh, the reinvestment working group received a presentation from the San Francisco Public Banking Coalition on a community-centered governance proposal for a potential public bank. Um, HRNA, the public banking consultant hired to work with the reinvestment working group and their subcontractor, Gary Stephen Finley and Associates, are working with the working group members to refine the details of the governance proposal, and they will be sending it to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation to solicit feedback um, uh, pre-filing with the state. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> the working group also received a presentation from Professor Thomas Marois, the public banking expert who presented here at LAFCO on May 20th, uh, 2022. Um, and he discussed governance models for a public bank from around the world. And um, uh, the working group is also working with HRNA, uh, the, the contractor, um, the consultant and their subcontractor, Contigo Communications, to conduct focus groups um, to gather information from the San Francisco community about what they wanna see in a public bank and finally, um, due to delays in seating the reinvestment working group and hiring the banking consultant, uh, Supervisor Preston intends to introduce an ordinance to extend the sunset of the working group by an additional six months. Uh, the consultants, HRNA, have agreed to a no-cost extension of their contract to accommodate this. Um, and we're working with them right now to uh, get a revised uh, scope of work. Uh that's great news. And when you extend it by six months, what specifically is the is the timeline then? Um, so the working group is uh, set to end 12 months after their first meeting, which was April of this year. So that means March 31st, 2023 is when it ends. Um, but extending it by six months will give us until um, September of 2023. Great. Good to know. Thank you so much. 
I'm happy to take any other questions or pass it on to Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, commissioners, I, I would suggest that if there are thoughts that uh, this, this body would like to support uh, Supervisor Dean Preston's uh, ordinance, uh, that actually has to go through the approval of the Board of Supervisors. If there is inclination of supporting the extension, I would encourage uh, Commissioner to communicate that with Officer Pollock and that we could perhaps draft a letter um, you know, in support, a letter of support, uh, I, you know, on behalf uh, of the commission and letting the board supervisors know that we're supportive of this extension. Vice Chair Fubin. Thank you. Thank you, Khalid, for this uh, presentation. And I am happy to take the lead on drafting such a letter in support of that ordinance. Um, and yes, much thanks to Khalid for coordinating the past couple meetings. Um, at, and I wanted to um, just note that um, right now, the question, the main question that Reinvestment Working Group members are answering is what is the difference of, what is the delineation of responsibilities between um, a proposed bank oversight commission that is largely made up of San Francisco residents and then um, that represent different stakeholder areas and what is the difference between their responsibilities and a proposed board of directors that would be um, the actual banking management and executive um, level. So that's, that's all I have to add. Thank you. Problem. I, I think that there is going to be a worthy conversation at some point with Supervisor Dean Preston, as well as the working group, to really start to consider um, whether it, the future uh, of, of this body is to become a charter body, which then you will have to go before the San Francisco voter to, to really uh, I guess codify, so to speak, um, this this body's authority uh, in moving the city towards a direction where you will have a formal uh, public bank running up and running. And so perhaps it's it's either a two step or a one step uh, uh, ballot measure where you, you first create that body and then you then create the the actual um, entity, or that you in one swoop of a ballot measure you create both the body that regulates it or have oversight uh, as well as the entity itself. And I'll, I'll look to the working group to, to have a, a more in-depth conversation around that and, and to kind of help us understand uh, what their inclination so that LAFCO can uh, have to express uh, support. And, and I think I would imagine that we will come to some kind of decision as a body to, to how we, which, which way we want to go and how, how we want to, uh, supports it. Um, I know that we, we didn't quite have this conversation about the letter to, to support uh, extending it. We'll just have this conversation right now, but um, I will defer back to Executive Officer um, Pollock as well as uh, our council whether we need to take this up uh, letter of support for the Supervisor Dean Preston's extension uh, do we need to take that as a formal item on the agenda or whether we can just um, have this discussion right now and be able to so send this letter of support? Um, if we don't have the answer today, we can always have the answer later. But 
Yeah, I think I would like to defer to our council as uh, looking if she's here. Is the um, just wanting to make sure I understand the question is the issue that um, we don't have we don't have Dean Preston here. We don't have uh, otherwise I would say that the LAFCO commission we do have, if we have quorum then you can authorize staff to move forward with a letter of support. I don't see any issue with that unless um, you would rather do it with him here. I think that the body itself can decide. I mean, unless there's objection from Commissioner Singh, um, we we could go ahead and issue that letter and have that direction. Thank you so much, Council. No objection from Commissioner Singh. Yes, Commissioner Singh, please. Oh no, that was just me saying that I have no objection. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Um, would that conclude your presentation for today or any? I, uh, yeah, I just note uh, that we have a forward calendar as part of the executive officer's report uh, looking out for the next few meetings. Um, and that's. Uh... Great. And I think that is actually posted on both the agenda today. And, and if you for the general for the general public, you can go ahead and, and, and click on the package material it will actually open up for the entire presentation that um, Officer Pollock had today. That will also include a forward calendar. Of course, we're always welcome for feedback and you're welcome to email us, to email to our clerk. Um, there's all the contact information on the agenda as well. Um, seeing no more questions uh, and no more comment, uh, should we open this to public comments, please, Madam Clerk? Thank you, Madam Chair. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should call the number streaming on their screen. That number today is 415-655-0001 and you enter the media ID 2493-633-4311, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will just need to press star three to enter the speaker line. And Commissioner Fielder, I'm getting a note from our IT saying, if you press control two, that may open your chat. <laughs> And it looks like we have one speaker in, in the queue. Uh, let's take that first call, or that caller, Jaime. Great, David Pilpel, hopefully the last time today. Um, so if you could please post uh, today's uh, presentation that uh, Jeremy made, uh, that would be great. Maybe on the LAFCO documents uh, webpage. I did read the uh, memo, but the presentation, uh, I didn't see posted anywhere. So the good work uh, of LAFCO continues. Uh, in the future, I would include the dates of um, reinvestment uh, working group meetings, past and future, in the executive officer's uh, report. I think it would just help to uh, reinforce the, the past dates and uh, upcoming dates. Um, on the uh, MOU with the PUC, it may be useful to review the PUC's work on the Hetch Hetchy Power uh, business plan. Uh, knowing about Hetchy power generation and transmission, including the lines and substations, the legal framework, options to bridge the gap from Newark to San Francisco, and related issues um, may help inform um, how to proceed on that question. Um, I, I heard uh, a, a viewpoint from uh, Member Fielder on the uh, five years and, and uh, three million. Uh, I'm sort of leaning toward uh, four years and one million, but you know, eh, reasonable people can disagree on that. Clearly, the term, amount, and scope uh, could be 
uh, amended in the future, regardless of uh, what you uh, agree on uh, at some point in the near future. Um, I think it is best not to duplicate existing PUC staff and commission work, um, but actually, uh, as folks say, add value uh, for the public. Uh, and also, uh, again, to Commissioner Fielder, it may be useful to have some uh, legal advice, either from your counsel or from the city attorney or both, on Prop 218 and cost of service as relates to rate setting uh, for uh, power rates. Um, not always a simple question about what's uh, property related and what's not and, and uh, um, uh, nexus and, and proportionality, all of those Thank issues. Thank you so anyway, much for and, your and, comments, Mr. And, and I will follow up with the Executive Officer Pollock. Thanks. And that completes our queue, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. There is no action to take on this matter. Madam Clerk, could you please call item number seven? Oh, you I'm are sorry. I, I don't know. Item number seven is general public comment. Members of the public may address LAFCO on matters that are within their jurisdiction and on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to speak should call the number 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. And you just need to press star three to be entered into the queue. And I'm checking on the stats for members in the queue. One moment, please. We have no members in the queue, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, seeing no more public comments, public comment is now closed. And Madam Clerk, could you please call item number eight? Agenda item number eight is future agenda items. Members of the public who would like to speak on item number eight should call the number 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311. Then press pound and pound again. Uh, once connected and you would like and you would and if you would like to speak, you just need to press star three. Madam Chair. Thank you. I don't even see anyone on the roster, and I'm grateful that Officer Pollock already has post uh, has included, and it's also posted on our agenda uh, with the forward calendar, so you can kind of see, and, and public uh, members of the public can actually anticipate uh, what's to come in the coming months. Um, with that, um, let's open up for public comments for item number eight. Thank you, Madam Chair. Members of the public who wish to speak. Number eight should call the number 415-655-0001. The meeting ID today is 2493-633-4311 to press pound and pound again. Once connected, you just need to press star three to be in the speaker line. And it looks like we have zero callers in the queue, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing no more public comments. Public comment is now closed. There is no action to take on this matter. Madam Clerk, is there any other business before us today? That completes the business for today, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, and uh, could you actually uh, publicly announce the next meeting date for us? Yes. Um, I actually was not given this information. Uh, our do you meet every third week? of the month? Third Friday of the month, yeah. All righty, so the, the third Friday of October is October 21st, 2022, and that will be at 10 a.m., Madam Chair. 
Thank you so much, Madam Clerk. Yes, I'm confirming that our next uh, meeting uh, date uh, is Friday, October uh, 21st, 10 o'clock. So see you all then. And uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.